Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm glad we can do the 90s. That was so well done. It kind of looks like chaos, doesn't it? Kind of looks like chaos. But I've got to tell you, Christ gave the church the fivefold. The verse said Christ himself gave the fivefold to equip the church for the works of service and to build you all up. And if Christ gives a gift, it's going to be good. Not like those Mother's Day presents that are currently in the drawer. It is the good gift because he is a good giver. He knows what the church needs and he knows what our church needs, our church specifically. Because this is what he's been saying to us. Um, this is actually what God is doing. We're finding out this is what God is doing around the earth. We didn't know it when we started the journey, but this is what he's doing. I'm excited about that because I've never been really on the front foot of any movement. I still wear skinny leg jeans. My daughter keeps saying, wide leg pants, mum, wide leg pants. I just don't know how to wear them so well. Who saw Matt's shoes today? Green shoes. So really at the end of the day, though, Macquarie has never been a fashion-driven church. This is what God is saying to us. (laughs) Sorry about your shoes, Matt. We haven't chased what is in ever in my history of Macquarie. Okay, Matt, stop distracting everybody. (laughs) Anyway, this is what God said to us. Um, Mark hand, when God, Mark handed the baton to Ross, God said to him these words, I will now transition my church to the age that is quickly approaching. It's going to take a different anointing, a different generation and a different insight to take the reins. So God told our church, a new age is approaching and we need to do something different. And then this is what some of the great prophets in our nation are saying. Who remembers Vicki Simpson and the day she came to our church right before we went into lockdown? And she gave us this vision that she'd been given of a Rubik's Cube. It was in the hands of Jesus. And Jesus was shuffling around all of the colours. But he not only shuffled around the colours, he shuffled around the shape My son's a cuber, so I've got access to as many shaped cubes as I like. (laughs) And this is what Jesus said. There is a new wine skin coming. Ask my church if they are willing to relinquish control. And we know what happened straight after that. Churches went into lockdown and the church did have to relinquish control. We didn't have much choice. But I believe it was the beginning of the reshaping of the church. So let me just give you one more prophetic word. This is what she says later. She says, I heard the Lord shout, the future is five. So this is Vicki Simpson late last year. She said, it was dropped into my spirit like a ton of weight. And I knew straight away he was referring to the five-fold ministry gifts, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher all functioning together in New Testament synergy, just like in our skit. This is what the new era requires, she declares, like the new age that Mark spoke was coming. And lastly, Jeremiah Johnson, who's a great prophet in our nation and also known globally, said these words. And this is for 2023, the year that we are now in. You will see five-fold leadership teams emerge around the globe who work together to share the pulpit 
discipleship and more. This healthy biblical model will stop the burnout, immorality and suicide that overtakes ministries as a result of building man-made kingdoms that do not reflect the nature of the Trinity, which is a team. The only king who will be worshipped in the church is Jesus Christ and any celebrity Christianity is over. Yeah. So we're, we're actually blessed. Celebrity Christianity has never been the flavor of Macquarie, but we have seen that in our nation. And I'm really glad that God is protecting his church and we are moving into a new age. So how good is that? So it's not because everyone else is wearing baggy leg pants. It's the shape he wants us to take. It's the fivefold. It's a gift from Christ. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So ready? Okay, so before we do, I just want to say hello to everyone who is online, and especially Virginia this morning, who's our chat host. And guess who else is online this morning? My husband, John Newsom, living his best life right now in Kununurra. He's being a musicianary, which is his other calling when he's not here. He's taking music instruments to outback schools, very remote places, teaching the kids music. So that's where he is this week. Have a fantastic, fruitful trip, John. Hug all those beautiful kids for me. And so I'm at home being a single mum for a little while. And I already have found from the last 24 hours, it's a tough gig. So I love you all, single mums. <laughs> all right. Let's just focus on where we've got to go to. Okay. I want you to imagine for a moment you're on a deserted island. You've grown up there. You've never known any other place. Then you stumble across one of these in the sand. It's a New Testament. So you've got the New Testament Bible. Probably Steve Triggs been here before and left one behind. Uh, so you've got your New Testament Bible and you read about Jesus and you read about this thing called the church. What do you think the church is going to look like after you've read this book? Jesus said in this book, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Wow. He also said, well, the Bible says that God made Christ the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. So this church is going to be the fullness of Christ. How fascinating. Then you read this beautiful picture. In Acts 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe and there were many wonders and signs performed. All the believers were together and had everything in common, praising God, enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This church sounds incredible. Then you read in Ephesians 4 that Christ gave the church this gift, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Sounds pretty good. Then someone comes and rescues you from the island, and you land on the mainland, and you think, the first thing I'm going to do is check out one of these churches. And I wonder what you see. And you might think, well, what happened? Where's the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the church of that age? Where is it today? So I'm going to tell you just a little bit about what happened historically. There was an emperor called Constantine in the 4th century. And praise the Lord, he was saved before he went out to battle. And he is the one who changed the church and reshaped it for another age that the church needed. He reshaped the age and gave it structure and order like the Roman Empire had structure and order. 
And good things came out of that. Many good things. Christianity was legalized. We got a framework and around our faith. We got the Nicene Creed. So we all knew what, what the Bible said, what was the word and what wasn't the word. It was a really important season. He established Sunday as the day of worship so we can thank him for our Sundays. But also along the journey, Constantine appointed bishops and he appointed popes. And he made them the new governors of the church. And the apostles and the prophets began to disappear. And we did have reformation and things like that. And eventually we got our senior pastor model that we use in our contemporary churches today. So does this mean that the season of the apostles and the prophets is over? (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. Some people actually do think that. So it's really important to ask the question because some people do think the season has finished. So all I want to do is look to Scripture because that's where we look when we're not sure. Let's look at the Scripture, Ephesians 4, in its fullness. So Christ himself gave the fivefold to equip the people for the works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature and attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Until these things have happened, have we reached maturity yet? Have we reached the fullness of Christ? I don't think so. Have we reached perfect unity? I don't think so either. So because these things still need to be conquered, the gifts still exist, Jesus Christ isn't going to take it back and he always fulfills his promises. So these still things still exist in the church today. And Macquarie has always used them. I've heard Mark and Ross use the language of the fivefold across the years, all the time. And I'm going to liken it to this. I'm going to liken it to a kitchen appliance or kitchen appliances. And the reason I'm doing that is I need to confess to you, I do have an addiction for kitchen appliances. If you have been to my home, I have them all. I have the waffle maker. I have the bread maker. I have the pressure cooker. And I have a purpose-built cupboard in my kitchen, measured floor to almost ceiling. And when you open those doors, it's a beautiful thing, my appliance cupboard. And I get them out and I do use them. But with the fivefold, it's like we're getting those appliances out and we're putting them now in Macquarie on the kitchen bench, like the toaster, like the coffee machine, like the kettle, the things you use every single day. And we're going to use them to make our food and to do life. The fivefold are moving from the cupboard to the kitchen bench. All right. I want to tell you about the other gifts just quickly so you understand how the fivefold fits in. Bring up a screen of all the gifts listed in the Bible. And there are also gifts that aren't listed there that are in the Bible or implied in the Bible. Um, You have the gifts of Ephesians 4 that we're talking about today, the fivefold. And they're the gifts, like I said, that Jesus Christ gave to the church. Then you have the gifts of Romans 8. And the gifts of Romans 8 are the gifts that the Father gave you in the womb. You were born with these gifts. Then praise the Lord that we have the gifts of 1 Corinthians 12 because these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are imparted to you when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love these gifts because many of us think Romans 8, I wasn't born with that many gifts. Oh no, but there is hope for you. 1 Corinthians 12, and it says that the spiritual gifts eagerly desire them. So you just go for it, desiring those gifts. If you feel a bit lacking in the Romans 8 department, there's still hope for you. 
All right. We're actually going to learn more about all of those gifts in term three. Today, we are only talking about the fivefold, which do actually appear in Corinthians and Romans as well. So about the fivefolds, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher, Christ actually was the fivefolds. You think about it, he was the greatest teacher. He was the evangelist through his life. He was the true prophet and the fulfillment of all prophecies. And he was, of course, the good shepherd, the one that actually would lay down his life for his sheep. So he was actually the ultimate of all of these things. And even some people think, well, I do like the teacher, but I'm not really keen on the prophet. I'm not sure about them. Or I really, really love that pastor, but the apostle does drive us a bit too hard. If you don't accept all of them, you're not accepting a a part of the gift of Christ, the gifts that he held within himself and those that he gave to the church. All right, so let's just start. You actually learned a lot about them in the skit, so thank you, Jeff. That was a great script. Um, So let's look at the teacher. Easy for us to understand. Bring up a slide. So they've got the ability to explain the Bible, help people apply it to their lives. They're able to take complex things and break them down into something simple. And they create structure and order in organizations. So as I read these out, I want you to think about yourself too, because you might not use this gift in the church, but you might actually use it in the workplace. And that's part of what God is doing in the new era. He's actually raising up the gifts that he's given the church to function really well in the eras of society that our world currently needs. All right, that's the teacher, the evangelist. They're able to communicate good news in a way that you can relate to. They're excited to share the things they're passionate about. Who's got someone in their world like that? Always excited to share what they're passionate about. And in the workplace, they're the kind of person who'll take an idea and figure out how to sell it to everyone and get them on board. So I want to tell you about the evangelist. They're not just there to bring a strategy for the church to reach out. They're actually here to inspire and equip you to go and reach out. Same with the teacher. They're not really there just to bring the word on a Sunday, but they're going to empower you to go home and open up the word for yourself. That's the five-fold version of that gift. Then you've got the pastor. The beautiful shepherds of the flock, they have a heart to nurture, they have a high consideration for how things impact people, and they care in an organisation or in a team, they're caring for the health of the people and the culture in that team. And the fivefold pastor is not just going to care for you, but they're going to encourage you to have a deeper discipleship journey with God, that's their job. The prophet, they have a gift of discerning what God is saying. They speak truth in people's lives, so look out. They're good at seeing, and so they actually make great people in organizations who have influence and who have leadership in government. And a good fivefold prophet is not just going to hear a word from God. They're going to teach you how to hear from God yourself. That is the prophet. All right. The last one is the apostle. Who knows what that is? We don't even use this word anymore. But actually in Jesus' day, they did use the word. The disciples knew when Jesus Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 10, I think it was 10, he said, you are now apostles. He called them disciples and he suddenly started calling them apostles. They knew what he meant. Let's look at the word. The word is apostolos. It's a Greek word and it means the person sent. 
And at the time, it was a naval term. The Greeks used it and then the Romans used it. It was used to describe the admiral of a fleet of ships with a specialized crew, hello, the fivefolds, that was sent out to expand and establish the kingdom of God. So the disciples were now hearing, okay, my job now is to expand and establish the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus had been teaching them about. The kingdom of God is coming. And they're saying, okay, now my job is to expand and establish the kingdom of God. Go get your specialized crew, go and get your fleet of ships and do it. Okay, so we know that's what happened in the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts and in all the epistles, it actually teaches us well the role of an apostle because that's what they did. The apostle would find and establish a church. Then they would find a pastor and a teacher and they'd appoint them over that church. Then they'd gather the evangelist and the prophet and they'd figure out what is the next mission or ground or journey or job or place for us to establish. But then all the while, they kept on checking back in on those churches that were planted. Are you healthy? Are you staying true to the gospel? That was the job of the apostle. So here's, the, here's his little slide. The apostle. The apostle coordinates the fivefold for the continued health and expansion of the church. They're pioneers and visionaries. And they're gifted, because they're gifted at gathering and coordinating resource, they make incredible entrepreneurs. They make great CEOs in organizations. How good is that? Okay. So this is the fivefold. How is it going to work in Macquarie? Well, in Macquarie, in our team, no gift or person is greater than any other gift. It's just at different times when their grace and their gift is needed, they lead. And then when the other gift is needed, they lead. It's like we're all about to make a smoothie, we get out the blender. The food processor is not going to do a good job. It's the blender's turn. And so do we defer authority to that gift when that gift is needed. And behind the scenes, the apostle coordinates. So that's how we're going to make it work. Okay. So our job is to equip you and... Uh, to build you up. That's what Ephesians 4 said, to equip you and to build you up. Because apostles are going to be raised up in this age that the, the world needs. Apostles are going to be raised up to create incredible business, kingdom-focused empires. And prophets, I believe, are going to take positions of influence, perhaps in government and in spaces of leadership where we need godly wisdom for the future of our nation and for the world. And then just think the evangelists are being released to be a voice for good morals, for ethics, to keep our nation and our communities on track. Teachers are going to be equipping the next generation and helping us understand. And pastors are going to be out there nurturing communities. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right. But there's a couple of things we have to do. Uh, we've got to let go of control. I really like this square. <laughs> I do. The colours are all neat. This is how I like my pantry. But this is how God kind of wants it. This is the shape, you know, and I've got to let go of control. And it's hard for me, but I was given, because I actually love the way we've done church all this time. That's why I've stayed here. That's why I love it. But 
I was challenged from 1 Corinthians. It says, I do not follow Paul. I do not follow Apollos. Are they not mere humans? I think the verse will come up for you. Are they not just mere humans? And it goes on to say that we're actually meant to be co-laborers in this. And so I felt a little rebuke. And the scripture actually says, no more following human leaders, Mindy, because this is the shape he wants us to take. All right. So we relinquish control. I want to share a dream with you that I had. And I had it just after we handed the baton over. And God has taught me about dreams. He gives me prophetic dreams and has taught me. This is the first one I've ever had that has been about the church. And in my dream, Roz unexpectedly became sick. Who would have thought that would happen. Ross has never had a sick day in her life. Have you ever seen her miss a Sunday until the last couple of months, the last month? No. Anyway, so she was urging me. She suddenly couldn't make Sunday, just like last Sunday. She suddenly couldn't make it. And I had, at the last minute, I had to preach. And she was urging me, Mindy, teach the church the revelation God gave you on the oil of Aaron, the anointing oil of Aaron. And she urged me again, teach the church the revelation God gave you on the anointing oil of Aaron. And when I woke up in the morning, I knew it was prophetic. It had that sense about it. But you know what? God has never spoken to me about the anointing oil of Aaron. But I knew the scripture reference. I knew that somewhere in the Bible, the oil was poured over Aaron's head, down his beard to the hem of his garment. Somewhere that is in the Bible. So I went hunting and I found it in Psalm 133. It will come up for you. It is beautiful. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. It's like fine oil on the head running down Aaron's beard over the hem of his robes. It's like the dew of of Hermon falling down on the mountains of Zion. For where there is unity, the Lord commands a blessing, even life forevermore. Wow, I actually wanted that for us. So when I read it, I looked at the, I looked at the, top of the verse where it said Psalm 133 and underneath it it had two scripture references and only two and those two scripture references were Ephesians 4 the fivefold and the second one was 1 Corinthians I do not follow Paul I do not follow Apollos are these not human leaders we are now all co-laborers for Christ And so I knew these were my two scriptures for the new season. So I knew that what God was saying in Psalm 133 was for us. The anointing oil of Aaron is actually a word for our church. So I'm going to tell you about the anointing oil of Aaron. Here we go. You can read about it in Exodus chapter 30. It was a special anointing oil a special specific recipe that no one was allowed to reproduce. It was used for anointing the priests, anointing the temple or the church, and later anointing kings. And anointing wasn't just a like courtesy dab on the forehead. It was poured, poured over the head of the priest. And they say that when a priest was being anointed, The whole community knew because the smell was so specific 
and so strong that it carried through the valley and everyone knew without the ringing of a bell that a priest in the house was being anointed. So, the anointing oil has five ingredients. Everything in the Old Testament, the tabernacle is a shadow of things to come. I believe God is saying to us, the anointing oil of Aaron is the fivefold Jesus Christ gift to the church, poured over the church. Because guess what? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, you are his royal priesthood. So we're going to take this jug, full of the oil, which is the fivefold, and we're going to pour it over you. And you are going to go out like the aroma of Christ, because that's also what the Bible says. You, his chosen people, are the aroma of Christ. We aren't just anointing you as priests. We are anointing you as kings in your spheres of influence for what God has called you to do. Our job is to anoint you as priests, that you would carry the fullness of the fragrance of Christ. And I want to show that scripture to you because it's your call. Let's put up on the screen. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16. For we are to God... The pleasing, thank you, Jesus, aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To one, we are the aroma that brings death, but to the other, we are the aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? And that's the question I want to ask you. I'm in. I'm definitely in. I say, let's do it. And Ros declared on Vision Sunday that we are positioned for the next move of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm asking God, what is our first step? This is a journey, church, but what is our first step? And so I'm looking to Ephesians 4 and I'm looking to Psalm 133. And I think the first step is he's calling us to unity. Because Psalm 133, the whole scripture is about unity. Isn't it beautiful when brothers dwell together in harmony? And we had our Acts 2 church. Wasn't that amazing? That was the right church for that era. And then we had Constantine reshape the church, had some goods and bad, but God used that to make the right church for that era. What is God doing now to make the right church for this era? So I believe he's just going to call us first step to unity because Psalm 133 was about unity. So let's just start there. Isn't it beautiful when brothers dwell together in unity and there God's going to command his blessing. That's where it's going to happen. So this is what I want to do, church. Just as an act of unity, I'm going to pray together. We're going to agree, and I'm going to get you to stand up as we do that. You keen for it? All right, stand with me. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to have a united moment. No matter where you are on this process, it doesn't actually matter. You just need faith as small as a mustard seed to lean in, no matter how many questions you have. And together, we're going to believe together what God is doing in this place. Got it? All right. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, God, we stand as your united church. We choose unity. We choose to relinquish control of the Rubik's Cube of the church and we're going to let you reshape it and remould it and reshape us and reshape our thinking and remould our thinking into the shape that you want us. We make room, we yield 
to what you are doing because your ways are better. Your ways are so much better. May your kingdom come and may your will be done in this place. And while you're standing, if there is anyone who has not yet committed their life to Jesus Christ and wants this for themselves right now, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so I can see it and I can pray with you. Come with us. Perhaps today is the day to move from sitting to standing in your spirit with Christ. Okay. All right, for the rest of us, Father, thank you for what you are doing, what you're going to do, and what you've done in hearts this morning. We lean in together to your purpose and your plan in church. Together, we're going to say amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.